I have one guy that I've been working with for like two and a half years, and it's actually my ex's brother. So, oh my god! So yeah, then speaking we, about complications. Yeah, exactly. So when the breakup <laughs> happened, we're like, ah, are we working together anymore? <laughs> you know, is this awkward? And I'm like, we should make a video about guys who are newly single and don't cry at night. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Wild Truth. I have uh, the most amazing, the best of the best, Trevor Wallace in the Thank house. You. Thank Comedian, you. Comedian, uh, influencer, uh, producer, director, podcaster, player, yeah. all of the above. Uh, you got to do everything in town. You got to be a Swiss Army knife. You got to be ready for anything. Drug dealer, yeah, bodyguard. <laughs> I think everybody sold drugs at least one point in their Gangster. life. First and foremost, I want to thank our sponsor, White Claws. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hell yeah. Is this the OnlyFans podcast? Is that why you brought me on here? I got you. In good. this dungeon? Yeah. Oh, man. I wish. I wish. Um, got beef with them. All right. That did not work. He cracked way too fast. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> that'd be cool if they sponsored you. You'd be, they'd be doing, that'd be, be making we, bags. We, we should talk about. The the lawsuit or whatever you had with them really fast. That's fun, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, essentially I just made a video maybe f four or five years ago about people drinking White Claws. And it was just, it, it was like, it was starting to get buzzed, that drink. And then I made that video and it kind of just like, I mean, I made the video in like an hour and a half. And then it just like popped off. It just, the internet, was it was just the right place, right time. It kind of felt like right before a wave caught. I was just the first one. <laughs> and in that, there was a phrase... Uh, which haunts me to this day. Uh, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Like, it hurts me to say it. Like, like when I'm at bars, you're like, fucking say it. I'm like, no. So the ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, put that on a t-shirt, and then I altered their logo a little bit, but I made the font of that quote look like theirs. Put it out, put out those t-shirts on Facebook. It like, I posted a photo of it, and that just blew up. It got shared like a meme. It's, I sold 7,000 t-shirts in, I think, a day. Wow. And I didn't see a dollar from it because it was print on demand. So this website, it was like this is literally a random website that I just found. Like I didn't, I didn't hit up a merch guy. I was just doing all this on my own. I was just fucking around. I had a roommate. It was like, I think it was like 26 and I was just fucking around. It was a website where you could upload your own design and then have it out like the next day. So you collect all as many orders as you can in three days. Right. Cause then, uh, they're going to print what, what's that. And then White Claw saw how many. Uh, had been distributed or had bought quote, but also saw how much time was left in the campaign. They're like, we know you haven't printed this yet. So, you know, you got to call it here. If these go to print, that's when we're really going to sue you. So it was essentially cease and desist to stop doing that. Mm. But where they got me is we'd already been a week before that white claw reached out to be like, Hey, let's have a conversation. Let's see if we could work together because this video is obviously doing numbers. There's something here. And they're like, if you stop this t-shirt campaign, then we will talk about uh, a brand deal on the next day, Wednesday. This was Tuesday when oh, they're like, great. you need to take it down. That's what you'd think. So I go, I have a manager at the time. And that's really it. And I was like, what do you think? And he goes, I think you should stop the campaign and then try to work with them. And then maybe they'll give a flavor, give you uh, their own cut of merch or something like that. And then that call on Wednesday, the next day, they were like, hey, we don't think you're a good fit for us anymore. What? Yeah. I mean, pr I, one of the craziest, like, so many things I want to say about that company, but it's like, huh? I'm literally your face of your company at that point. Like now, I don't know if you, if you go to their Instagram, they're not a good company. If you go to their Instagram, it's all like 
black and white photos of like people like casually sipping. I'm like, I don't think you know your fan base. Your fan base is like shotgunning these and then getting in a Ford F three fifty and just doing one twenty. Like like these are like these are bros. Like I connect with them. Like they the fact that they said that you're not a good fit, I'm like, I'm the only fit. So Damn. so for me, the the t shirts I get because what how they explain it to me is they didn't want to get sued. They didn't want somebody to go out and get a DUI wearing that t-shirt and be like, but there's no laws when you're drinking these claws. Look, they, they, they made this t-shirt. And then okay. what described it for me is that's why Red Bull gives you wings. They put multiple eyes because it's not a real thing. So somebody probably already did or tried to sue Red Bull being like, they jumped off a building. They're like, where were my wings? They put wings with like multiple eyes. So had I done ain't no laws when drinking, that guy is dead and he cannot even sue. Yeah, had I put multiple A's in laws, I would have been fine. But I didn't know these things. Wow, wow. I mean, it's so random and it's so quick. Your your thing went viral. Hundred percent. You saw an opportunity. You made a shirt, and then all of a sudden, yeah. But the fact that they said, "Oh, all of a sudden, you're not a good fit," after you clearly—that's why I don't like murdered. With the video yeah. and put him on the map. That's why I, I not do not fair. fuck with that brand. Not fair, not okay, not a good company. White Claws, you can still you can hit a max. sponsor me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make any t-shirts. I'll put extra S's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all, uh, all the letters. <laughs> all I needed to do was just talk like a drunk not girl, cool. like laws, not and cool. I would have been fine. Not cool. So, not cool. But, uh, but even again, if I they, learned. If, even if you reach out to me, I'm going to I'm gonna decline you, and yeah. I'm going to say, you're not you're not a good fit for us. Blows don't, my mind. Don't mess with comedians. But I would say 1% of the people who know me for that video know what happened. So usually, if I'm at a bar, I'm at an airport, you know, walking past, let me buy your fucking claw. And I'm like, I hate that company. Yeah. So, so good. Good at, the, at least whatever. we, we brought it up. Dude, listen, um, you really do so much. Thank and, you. And and it's evident if, if, if someone's not in an entertainment business, uh, maybe they don't truly understand how hard you work, how mm-hmm. clever you work, how creative you are. Um, and, and I guess we should start off saying, first of all, how we got connected. Mm-hmm. I, I met Trevor um, at the comedy clubs around town, yeah. specifically Laugh Factory. We do a lot of shows together and I enjoy you immensely like your sets are funny you're such a great guy you're such a you know straight shooter you come in you you give a good show give it my all yeah so just watching you um honestly in the last couple years you've grown so much just as of you know post-pandemic pandemic i mean you know it's like uh, it was tough for a lot of people and uh, i hope this doesn't come off as an insensitive but that was a point where i really grew and it it was all i was doing was making videos and so it felt like everybody, it felt like nobody was able to get um, a jump start on anybody. Like every, nobody was doing stand up. So I just only focused on videos. Yeah. Could we say the reason you were able to make videos during the pandemic? Cause you did A to Z. You shot it, you edited, yeah, you, I just, got, you, I know you how created to the edit, concept, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I, I was working with uh, the same camera guy who was also a guy who I make videos with, and he would shoot them, I would just edit them. Yeah, because if you were working with a bunch of people, one person would go, ah, and then you would just fucking right. be in bed for it, two it was, weeks. Yeah, I mean, it was a funny <laughs> time, because we, we recorded with like a lavalier, like a mic you clip on your t-shirt, and it comes with a little pack, and then I'd be done with it, I'd take some hand sanitizer, I'd rub it off, I would leave it on a table, and I'd leave the room, and then the other actor or actress would go and grab it and put it on. Like, it was like... Like we were still doing our podcast together. We were just like a little bit farther apart. We were still like doing it, which is hilarious that, you know, you're looking at the news and like cases are going and we're like, 
You guys yeah. want to film? You know, I was going insane. Yeah. Or is it that I'd film by myself? I mean, look, you were getting results and you're like, I, I can't stop. I got to push this. It's growing. It's happening. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a comment I get the most is when people to say anything to me in public, they're like, dude, you got us through the pandemic. I'm like, damn. Mm. I barely got myself through that bitch, you yep, know? Yep, yep, No, totally. But by creating it, kept now, me... Now, you started your working. podcast during the pandemic. Uh, maybe like uh, like a two... Towards a year, A year or two before. Oh, okay. but, it, but it really, like, picked up in that time, too, because nobody was really putting out a lot of content. So people had sketches of mine to watch, but they also had podcasts to listen to. Okay, and we're talking about Stiff Socks. Yeah. Stiff Socks, correct. Okay, and you started with your buddy... Michael Blaustein, another yeah. comedian, very yep, funny. Yep, great kid. And I know you through Martin. Oh, my cousin. Yeah, I met your cousin yeah. like six years ago. Okay. When I went to D.C. to do stand-up for the first time, there's nothing better than going to a, a comedy scene that's like not New York, but like Chicago or like Atlanta or D.C. And there's usually one guy who's like, oh, you got to hit up this guy. And I forget who gave me the recommendation, but someone was like, you got to hit up this guy, Martin Amini. And I go, <laughs> cool. And Martin got me a bunch of stage time out there, showed me everything, showed me... Um, some mumbo sauce i believe out there but he he was just the guy and then he's like yeah you know my, my cousin's also a comedian and i go who's your cousin and he says oh max me and i go oh duh but it i you know it's just so and he's doing great things too but he's such yeah. a nice guy and he that, connects me so that's much that's another really hard-working kid yeah you know martin's very hard-working and he's such a good kid mm -hmm. i'm telling you he's a man the best thing about martin i would say He's just a nice guy. Yeah. And and eventually when you're in this game for a long time, you make really good friends. So he's made a nice little circle for himself. Correct. He's doing so he's, he's about to uh, shoot his uh a special. Yeah. In, in a few DC, months. Yeah. So he's, yeah, really he's a man. He's so cool. He was super accommodating and like I think my flight got in at like nine and the show started at like eight thirty and I'm like texting him, I'm on the way, I'm on the way. And he's <laughs> throwing me up on his show and like he's just always been um very open and welcoming and uh, helping out with stage time. So he, yeah. he's a great guy, and he's and he's moving tickets now. So it's it's oh, great. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's doing so good. Proud of my little cuz. Yeah, mm. that's got to be cool for you to watch. You of know, course. I mean, he started touring with me. That's how you know he was my camera guy. Really? Yeah, I didn't know Martin, that. Yeah, all over the world. He was touring with me, and and one one day he was nineteen, I think, or twenty. He was super young. He was he was he was deciding between law school. And, and something else and he just he was fed up and he was he was overworked and was just he was just lost and he just one day i get a knock on my door he goes hey cousin i'm here I, I, you know i go what's going on he goes listen um i just want to stay with you for a few days in la i don't know what to do and he just hangs out with me he goes man i love this world can i be a producer i'm like yeah just learn the business so mm -hmm. for two years you know he traveled with me all over the world he, he learned how to edit he learned how to shoot yeah he bought cameras he saw how i do my tour he mm -hmm. watched so much comedy and then uh and it was a lot of pressure on him it was so much work and then he moved back back to DC and um, and next thing you know he just hit me up and goes dude I want to do stand up I just tried it it's so I, I love this I think I'm going to be good and the rest is history how long ago was that do you think about about nine ten years ago, yeah, dude, wow. time flies. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I've been tour. I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I think I did my first stand up set when I was seventeen, um, and I'm looking back at that footage. I'm like, that's a different lifetime. That's a, you know, that's pre college. That's pre you know, you're moving to L A. You're just doing the mics. You're doing the internships. You're doing this. You're, I lived in a pool house in Studio City for a year, like with no Wi Fi. I'd pee outside every morning, and you, you just forget about all these chapters because you really just focus on like what's today, what's today, what's today, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy, f I'm I've been in L A. for eight years now, and you're like, how? 
Where did that? <laughs> but I guess it's it, it's just consistency and yeah, sticking with 100%, it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's let's get into the nitty gritty of Please. your stand up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just give me just the the short on a few things because I don't even know when do you when did you pop as a stand up because now you're selling out, you're doing yeah. dates, you're you're going to big venues. When did that happen? I was doing like one-nighters before the White Claw video. And well, that's also why the thing that's like, I don't have a, a crazy amount of like hostility for that video because it did bring a whole new wave of eyes to me. It was that summer of like 2019. I had like three videos hit like back to back to back. Pretty big hits. And Okay, how many followers did you have before the White Claws video? Oh man, um, maybe like a hundred K, 200, That's it? 200K. No. I don't know. I I, I, I wish I knew. Um, but I remember there. I mean, my, you're talking about a fraction of what you have now. Yeah. So yeah, that I, video brought you millions I, I of followers? Had, I had to have more than that. Okay. Let's say you had 500,000 followers, but yeah. did that video bring you like- There was just like a chunk where like, I think every week I was growing like 100K on Instagram. Wow. But it, this was pre-TikTok. This was like, <laughs> this is when like the only video content was on Instagram. This is pre-TikTok. Yeah. So we're talking about five, six years ago. The reason I got on TikTok is because somebody sent me a link and my video popped on there. They ripped it from Instagram, put it on there, and it had like millions of views. And I was like, oh, if anybody's going to be getting these views, it's going to be me. So I went over to TikTok in like maybe 2019 and then just started uploading. Since I've been making videos for a couple of years at that point, I just started uploading all my old shit on there. And people were like, oh, we know this guy. He's from Instagram. So the conversion was really nice over there. And I just threw up a bunch of old videos. And Okay. So right after White Claws, you get a massive traffic and then you start doing one-nighters. Uh, I had been clubs. doing one-nighters probably before that. Okay. And then right after that, you start doing theaters? No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't do theaters until like a year and a half ago, maybe two. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. You go, because for comedians yeah. to go from comedy clubs to theaters, that's a big jump. Yeah, crazy right? jump, yeah. You're playing a 300-seater house, and then all of a sudden you're playing a 1,000, 1,500, 3,000-seater house. Yeah. It's a different energy, different vibe. Of course. A complete different um, ball game, and, and your team grows. So many things changes, right? You, your entire thing changes. So I want to see... What and when did that happen? My first theater I did was in Atlanta, and it was the week before COVID, actually. So before that, I was just doing club weekends, and those were starting to really sell. Um, so I probably spent two years doing clubs, and I'm st I still do clubs. I'm doing a club next weekend. So, you know, it's like I, I love clubs. The, the Like what the Laugh Factory offers as far as like packed, intimate, and that pop in there— a lot of theaters have that, but some you're like, ah, I wish I was more, you know, I did a theater in DC and it was just, it was just a thousand seats, but it's just long as hell. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, I, I felt like I was really trying to get that momentum going. I know. And you listen to the audio back and you're like, oh, that was a good set, but you weren't like, oh, I fucking crushed. No, you, you, you know? don't feel, it doesn't, the energy of a theater matters so much. Yeah. But through the years of touring, I, if I like a venue, I don't change it. Mm -hmm. I just know, for example, if you ask me what city, why I play what theater, it all comes down to the energy of the room. Of course. It feels freaking incredible. But you'd only know from experience, yeah, really. Yeah, and if I play theater and I, and I, first of all, I kind of can tell now what's a good venue, what's a bad venue yeah, yeah, yeah. based on the settings, you know, scouting, videos, et cetera. But I tell you, if I play venue and it's not good, I'm never going back. Of course. You know, it's you just the worst tell me feeling. Yeah. It's the worst <laughs> feeling. I have the same thing with that. Or if I wear like a new t-shirt or some new shoes and I don't like my set, I'm like, 
Whatever. Yeah. It's the shoes. They're not worn in. It's not the <laughs> fact that I'm tired and wasn't writing jokes for last week. You know, I always just blame other things. But um, yeah, there's things that I look for in a theater that's like anytime it's like double stacked or it's like stacked on top of each other. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a monster. It's going to be beautiful. So, okay. So, kinda, right before pandemic, right before you pandemic, played Atlanta. I, my, I, I did Atlanta and, and that then, was like 500 seats. 500, okay. 600 seats. Okay. Did that and then literally the pandemic hit. But up until that, I was doing clubs. I was doing clubs and, and I think, yeah, they were selling out. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were selling out. So did you change as a person? <laughs> In what sense? <laughs> In the sense of like, now I'm a big dog. I'm selling 2,000 no, seats. Still don't, and I don't think I'm a big dog because it's like, I feel like, you know, there's so much. I, I just watched the Shane Gillis special last night and it's just fucking bah, 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 bah. It's so good. I'm like, if I'm like, this guy is like, that's what I need to work. You know, like that's. Okay. That's good to know. I'm always so, looking so, forward. So we know that you haven't changed yet, but it's coming. Hopefully. <laughs> I saw that G-Wagon out front. I need one of those. Later. No, it's like, I, I just think it's like, I, I've seen people with big egos and it just, it doesn't. It's such a turnoff. It it it's a turnoff and so it doesn't let fit. Me, let industry. me tell you what the point I'm trying to get at. I honestly, this is my assumption. I think I got more comfortable on stage with who I was and my material. That, that was the biggest thing that changed. I just like mm. settled in mm. and I was like, this is my humor. Mm. You know, it feels authentic to me. But it, it is. And I can see that because we played a, the club almost every weekend yeah and i watch you being very real i just own it i just own you, what you i'm do saying you. now trevor yeah. gets up plays trevor mm -hmm. before i we move on from this conversation really quick i want to say this is my assumption i think people like you who come from a background of an influencer who works so hard to to build a following mm -hmm. and they have to collaborate with so many creators. They tend to become less of a dickhead later. They tend to become more humble as they're growing because they see and they understand the business so much better. Well, yeah, you just see so many people get a thing and then a year yeah. later, you're like, where, yeah. where, where are they? What yeah. are they doing? You know, yeah. And it doesn't come overnight. It, it's right. literally a gradual growth. It's like an iceberg. Yes. And, and you do collab with so many creators mm -hmm. and you do understand from early on, it's nice to be nice. Because when you hit them up and how they treat you and how you guys discuss content, how you discuss, you know, uh, releasing something, the friendlier, the more understanding, you know, the creators around you, they are, it yeah. kind of makes you want to be also good back to the community. So I, I, that was, that's my assumption, which you, you, you agree. So that's really beautiful. And, and honestly, I think, um, people like you deserve to grow because you're talented, you, you, you know, you're doing so well yeah. and you make the world a better place. You really, you really bring so much laughter and joy to the club. I think that's incredible. Now, that being said, now you're living this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything I've ever you, wanted. You have a, you have a very demanding life. You know, you're on the road when you're in town, you're shooting, you're editing, you work with your people and your team. Uh, at night, you got to go play the club and refresh your 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 material, get ready for the road again. I mean, you're just like, you, you know, your life, I can relate to you in that sense. And I mm -hmm. want to know, what's your personal life? Like, do you have one? <laughs> it's funny because like, you know, it's like, I don't realize how boring my life is outside of work until I'm on like a date. And the girl's like, so what do you do for fun? I'm like, what do I do for fun? <laughs> I scroll TikTok. I, like I, I, I need 
I find myself doing more extracurricular stuff when I am dating somebody because they're the person that's like, let's go to Disneyland. Let's go to the beach. It's like, I would never just do that. Like for me, I'm like, if I'm either resting, relaxing, might go to the gym or I'm just like, oh, I could shoot something. I could edit. Oh, I've got Saturday open. Let's go shoot a quick thing. You know, like the problem is I love what I do. Yeah. So I don't see it as this that's, tedious. That's the answer. Really? I mean, you, you love right. what you do. What do you do? I do this and, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not a dentist. I'm not an insurance. Yeah. I'm not a car but salesman. How many people do you meet that they hate their job? So they look for the outlet on the weekend to, this is my extracurriculars. I play pickleball because I hate my job or I play pickleball because whatever. But like, I don't know. I just love what I do. So in that sense, it's like, I don't even see it as like work. So, so personal life, I guess let's go through a little fire chat. Please. So I can just kind of like understand mm -hmm. you're single. Mm -hmm. How long you've been single? About a year, a little over a year. Okay. Uh, longest relationship? Three years. Three years. Yeah. Uh, so now are you looking for another long-term relationship or are you just really happily single? I think it comes in waves, but I think I'd like to be in a relationship. I like mm -hmm. the structure of it and I liked having, um, you know, I mean, it's like, it's so bizarre. It's like, it's like, I feel like during the day, I like love that I'm single and I can just do whatever and I can work whatever without inter any interruptions and I can do as much as I want. But then it's like 1 a.m. You're laying in bed alone. You're like, I'm a fucking loser. All this for what, you know? So it's like, I, I, I want a girlfriend at nights and then on like the Saturday, Sunday morning, I want to, I want to go to a farmer's market, <laughs> but I still want to do spots that night. Yeah. You know, you, so, need you and me and all the other know, comics right? and all the, we need a cool girlfriend <sighs> that's understanding. Yeah, I know, Good right? luck. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, so right before I, I get lost, um, the three-year relationship. Yeah. What kind of relationship was it? Meaning prior to that, um, you know, were you, what kind of guy were you? I was just kind of trying to figure myself out. I did, this girl and I had like an on and off thing leading up to the relationship for a while. She like, I remember she like liked a video of mine when I was at an open mic in Westwood. And I was just waiting for the sign up, waiting outside. And, and I, I maybe had like 8,000 followers at the time. The first series I did that ever got some traction was about the skateboard shop Zoomies, if you're familiar. I made like a row of those videos, making fun of those employees. And then that hit and I was like, well, this is me now. And then I just doubled down. I made a bunch of those videos and I saw she liked it. And then I went to her page and said like, uh, she went to like USC. And I was like, oh, it's fucking in LA. Let's go. Started hitting her back. You know, we're trying <laughs> to follow like this and that. Went on a date. Some time went by. Went on another date. Some time went by. And then, I don't know, I don't know, maybe like 2018, 2019, she just kind of reached out to me. I was like, hey, we should go get a drink sometime. And I was like, all right. And then that turned into this relationship. And we always had this like kind of like flirty, like back and forth, back and forth. But then it just clicked. Is so, that your first serious relationship? First serious one, yeah. So before that? that? And then it was just like a bunch of like little, like you're like, like dating, quote, talking for like five, six months. Never are you, anything. Are you the player type? I mean, what's you, like, what, like if, if you look back at Trevor? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think, no, I've, I've never been like really like, man, I got hoes. I don't. Okay, I mean, but, maybe, maybe now I'm dating more so, but I wouldn't say that I'm like, man, I'm fucking out here. You know, it's like, the problem is, is like, I'll be like, oh, I should probably go on a date this week. And then I pick my head up and I got spots all night. And I'm like, ah, all right. I, you know, like I prioritize work over my dating life. So, and I like that. Okay. So if I put it in perspective, you were this nice guy who, who wasn't a player, got into a relationship. His career has grown. He had 8,000 followers. Now he's in the millions. And now he's just like, I've got now dates I'm dating, lined up. <laughs> like, There's you know, supermodels. Cool I'm rejecting. Well, but, but now it's this weird thing. 
and I'm going to sound like such a bitch, but it's like, it, now it's a weird thing. You're like, well, are they dating me for my personality? Do they actually like me? And you're like, or are they dating me? Because like, oh yeah, I saw one of his TikToks. And it's like, the, the answer is, it doesn't matter as long as the connection's there. But dude, you're a smart guy. You'll know. You can feel it. You are a comic. You can, you can read people. You can see a lot of things. Yeah. You can analyze things. And you'll mm -hmm. know when somebody's like genuine, it's a good connection. Correct. Done, done, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, so why, uh, Stiff Socks. Correct. You've got this podcast. Podcast. Now. The podcast was established while you were in a relationship or after? Right before, actually. Right before. So I was single, get in the, we started the podcast, and then you kind of see this evolution. I was like, oh, I think I met somebody. Oh, we're dating, da 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 da. And then. Okay, and the podcast is pretty, you know, X rated. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I mean, know if it's like, sense, like you, you bring porn stars. I mean, yeah, I mean, fuck. don't we all? Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, it's not like plug talk where we're over there, like, just okay, being like, let's okay. fucking, now we're fucking. <laughs> okay, the problem is, is we've had like three or four porn stars on, but we've also done like 500 episodes. But people, those clips and those episodes do the biggest. Mm. So people associate that. They're like, you do a porn podcast? It's like, First of all, that's not a full sentence, uh, but second of all, it's like, yeah, we, we had a, uh, a girl who's a fan, Kendra Sunderland, shout out her, great porn star, not that I've seen her stuff, I've seen it, but she was like, hey, I would love to come on the podcast, like, sure, and then her friends hit us up, we see the numbers those do, it helps her uh, grow her socials, it helps us grow our socials. Okay, so you're having these porn stars on your show while you have a girlfriend now. Oh well, yeah, how, like what was the reaction? I I think they at the time at least I understood they're like it's very like it's not I think everybody who like watches the podcast is like they probably fuck after it's like no it's no it's of course not it's not it's literally and you don't even like see it as that you see it as like just business they walk yeah, in course. hey you need a water you, you need anything be a professional. We're good. Well, yeah. I we mean, people, don't make them feel awkward. this happens to me all the time. People think like you come to my studio. We, we fuck. And then, yes. I mean, yeah. at least making out. Fuck. I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't go that. Dim the lights. Not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> but people just tend to think that they're like, dude, these guys pull yeah. them. They got the riz like that. They got all these chicks. It's like, no, which it's just very like, they see the benefit in it. We see the benefit in it. It's so fun when you guys broke up, you still had the podcast. Did you? Did you like? Okay, let's increase the number of the <laughs> porn stars. On no, my, on my well, show. no, because here's the thing: like the people who listen to the podcast knew my girlfriend because I like talked about her, and then she like did an episode a while back on like or like uh, the paywall, like the Patreon. So I didn't. It's not like the first breakup. I mean, I was like, I was like gutted, like heartbroken. Mm, mm. So I didn't even like talk about it for like. And then people just slowly started to pick up on it. And then the comments were like, is Trevor single? And then I wanted to start talking about like the dates I was going on. So I was like, all right, it's out there, single, you know, this. But I didn't want to like draw too much attention okay. to it. Okay, so you are single. Mm -hmm. What are the red flags when you go on a date? What 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 is just like uh, completely no-go? The red flags on a date. Oh, man. I think the red flags on a date are... I'm trying to think. I've I've been going on so many dates lately. I'm trying to think what pissed me off. I think it's a lot of what is leading into the date. You know, like the the common LA thing is like some girl hit me up and I'm like, hey, what's up? Blah blah blah. Or go back for She's like, let's go, let's go to get a drink sometime. I'm like, perfect. How about here? Here's reservations. This place. This time. She goes, perfect. And then like the the conversations get real slow. And then and then they, she's not responding for like nine hours. And then it's like day of. She's like, hey, sorry, you can't make it. I'm at yeah. the beach. I'm but like, that, what do you? That's 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 completely. That, that's someone that's off, right? Yeah, but the, you reached out that. to me. How yeah, does I that? know. Forget about that. What are the red but, flags but we'll on get to, the date? We'll, yeah, we'll get to the red flags. Okay, but it, it, let's ease into it. What's your type? Oh, my type, brunette, 
with an ass. And a good personality. I like a girl that I can riff with. That's also the problem. Okay. Like so a super hot chick. A, I'm a like, blonde hits you up with massive boobs. You're like, sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. <laughs> Listen here, I, you know, I'll try anything once. Uh, <laughs> oh, a hot chick. Here's, but the thing is, is like, I'll go on a date and it's like, in my, since I'm, I'm 30 now, so like I'm kind of looking for something that's like, this could be a thing. So if I'm there and she's hot, I'm like, cool, this table, we look good, whatever. But I'm trying to riff. I'm trying to have fun, get a little couple jokes out, get a couple laughter, and it's nothing. I'm like, what am I going to raise a, a family, live with this woman, <laughs> raise a family? I'm bombing every day. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's so specific for comics. It's like, it'd be so nice to get off. You get, get home from a show. How is the show? Did that new tag work? But it's like, hot girl, don't give a fuck about a tag. No, of course. So, okay. Red flags. Red flags, red Trevor. Flag on I tell day. you, like, I, I'm going to dive into some. Please. Yeah. Yes. If, if I go on a date, she's too quiet. It's not for me. If she's shy. Energy. Not cool. I'm going to need I some need, energy. Yes. I'm going to bring the Celsius you know, and say, For me, it's a red flag. Up. You're boring. You, you know, you can't carry a conversation. You're not fun. I, I no, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't if, even say that's a red flag. That's just like, it's not a right mix of personalities, but I think a red flag is like, um, red if flag. she's on her phone at dinner, that's, then you're just bombing on a date. That's a big red flag. I like it. Here's no, a, you're not bombing. That's just that's just disrespectful on that person's correct. behalf. You can't, you just put your phone aside and you connect. Yeah. You know what's wholesome is like when I go to the bathroom on, on dinner and you come back and she's not on her phone. You're like, oh, so you, the second I left, you weren't immediately like you're texting? You're not ADD? Yeah. You, oh, you're just there? <laughs> you're just cutting a little bit of some shrimp scampi? You're, you're looking outside? I'm in? like, this is a wholesome woman right here. Yeah, yeah. I think a red flag on our date would also be... Um, you know, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had a bunch of like red flag where I'm like not hitting on the date, like hitting it off. Okay. I took out this really beautiful girl mm -hmm. and then she, um, valeted her car. Mm -hmm. And after the date, she tried to get out of the valet. So not to pay. And I think that's a red flag. Yeah. How did she try to get out of it? She found a way to get the, her car out of the parking lot that maybe the valet wouldn't find out. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just a weird it's just a weird, yeah. I, I don't like when valet parks my car too close, though. This happened the other night. I, I go to get my car, and he goes, oh, it's right there. Like, literally, like, me to you. And he goes, yeah. it's right there. And I go, oh. And he goes, do you want me to get it? I'm like, what? so you can drive 14 inches? Like, I'll just get it. All right, red flags. I think it's just the unhingedness, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you go on a date on a Wednesday, and she's like, oh, my God, it got so blacked out Monday night. And you're like, girl, it wasn't Labor Day. It was a normal ass Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And you were just blacking That's out. That's a big red flag. I just, I think the biggest thing for me is like, I want somebody who's like motivated in a sense, like they, they at least love their job. Mm -hmm. It's like, I always feel awkward. Somebody's like talking about their job and they're like, I fucking hate my job. And you're like, ah, kind of love what I do. So if, <laughs> even if, I mean, you could fucking polish cherries for a job, but if you love it, I love you. I yeah, just want yeah, some like, yeah. you know what, you it. know, what's a big red flag. People that are negative. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, the you glass right. half I mean, empty. It's just yeah. sitting there complaining. No, I'm not a big fan of that. Sitting there being negative about everything that comes up. Yeah, that. Looking at, oh, I tell you the biggest red flag for me. The waiter comes and they don't treat the waiter nicely. Yeah, it's a big one. That's what it's one like. It's like, dude, yeah. like, who, like, why? Like, this Almost is terrible embarrassment. Yeah, you, you got to sandwich it. Be like, hey, excuse me, sir. And then end it with like, oh, thank you. But if they're just like, wait, ranch? 
And like, what? That's a, that, you're just barking at this guy. Ranch? Yeah, I, I think that I think that's big. I think um, I think you and I could just come up with a whole new episode just red flags. Of course, because because you know it, it's it's a big deal, and I think a lot of people can re- learn from it. Yeah, For guys too. Guys could man. Guys we, have like we, a red flag. We, it's like oh. she has a boyfriend. I'm fucking out. Other than that, like there's not many. No like, they're, guys, they're, red flag. You could just sit there, and the waitress comes, and they're flirting with the waitress. Somebody oh, no, passes no, by. They're checking. I'm out. saying guys, hey, a girl. We don't, we don't have a lot in our head that are like that's a disqualifier for this chick. Oh. Like, if you're like, what's a red flag in a woman? You're like, she has a husband. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think I, there's little things I like on a date. Like, she'll be like, like, if I get, I'll get the bill. And she'll be like, I'll get valet. I'm like, oh, I fucking love that. Or she's like, I'll get ice cream. I'm like, I love that. It's a one-two. It's an alley-oop. I'm bringing a lot of the weight here. Yeah, no, but, but that's them showing some, yeah, um, whatever. that I'm a kind of person that I'm considerate. I'm not all about one person, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that 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 shows personality. Yeah. Yeah, quality. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. Good stuff, man. Where do you find, like, how do you guys connect? Like, is it, are you on dating apps? I, I literally just downloaded uh, Hinge the other day because Riot, they never accepted me. I don't know what the fuck's going You're on. You're not famous enough for Ryan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it, here's here's my logic on it is they connected to your Instagram. I think whoever approves all the accounts went to my Instagram. Like, man, these sketches ain't funny. <laughs> this shit is dumb. Or they used to work at White Claw no. and they're like, fuck this guy. I don't you, know. You should make a skit on Raya. Fuck them. I don't want to give them any more publicity. Blur, blur their name out. So I just got on Hinge. Wait a minute. Like can you can you make a skit on something to destroy them? Yeah. You can? Probably. Okay, that would be the skit <laughs> on, Roy, on Raya. Yeah, I guess. I, I've had companies reach out to me and be like, hey, can you take this down? This is not a good look for us. Wow. And I'm like, oh, well, if it got to corporate, must be good. Yeah. Like, it's not every day, like, somebody makes a video and then the CEO of the, this HQ is like, we need this deleted. Wow. And and how did that conversation go? Did they offer you money? I send it to my lawyer and I say, is this a problem? They go, you didn't do anything wrong. And I go, it's staying up. Okay. But but what if they offer you, you know, something like substantial and you're like, yeah, I'll take it down. If they offer me money, it's a different conversation, but they never have. They're always just like, this is not what aligns with our company. You know? Oh, okay. Okay. Then you're like, go get a life. Well, I just, here's the thing. In a week, is it going to matter? No, that's so true. So- in the That's so after, true. after the white cloud thing happened, it like really made me just run. Now I run things past other people and I go, am I in any legal trouble for this? No. Would I get sued for this? No. In a week, they'll forget. Yeah. It's so, so freaking true. Buddy. And it might blow my shot working with this company in the future, but like, I, I don't care. I just want people, the consumers on their phone to enjoy it. Do they enjoy it? Is it doing numbers? Great. Buddy, let's learn from Trevor, you know, about trends about, yeah. about, you know, where is the pulse on social media? I mean, look, you're yeah. a guy who had a good hunch on what's going to do well, mm-hmm. and then it did well. And then you started riding the wave and you were successful at it. So we could say you have a really good feeling for, for what is going to be popular or what's the future on social media. Give us a little, you know, overall on that. I got like a couple of my base video ideas just from my friend who I used to live with when I was in Santa Monica. He was just like this um, very corporate guy and he was just like a golden retriever of a guy. So anytime a trend got to him and he was hyping, he was the guy who showed me white claws. He's like, dude, these fucking things are so good. And then he was like hyping up spike ball, uh, hydro flash. So anytime something got big to him, I knew it was mainstream. Hmm. Like, like once it got to this, like, and I love him. I'm gonna call him an average Joe for this bitch. 
average. I said, once it got to this average Joe level, I go, oh, it's, it's people know about this. Cause he was, he was a guy who he literally came up to me two years after the, the Kendrick damn album came out. He's like, yo, this shit's fire. I was like, this has been out for 728 <laughs> days. Like, so by the time it got to him, I go, oh, there's a trend here. I would either do that or you just kind of notice like, what's everybody wearing? What, what are the, what are the hot chicks wearing? What when you go to a bar? What are the dudes ordering? What are they wearing? It's, mm. it's, you know, the answer for the next viral video is right in front of your face. It's just, is this, cause I've also swung and miss. I've also mm -hmm. been like, oh, a lot of people wear these. I should make a video on that. And then it kind of does okay. And either I was too late or the trend wasn't big enough. Mm. But, uh, it, it, you know, I think each video is like kind of just like a giant wave. It's like you either catch it, you miss it. Or it's too late. It's timing and everything. Timing, timing is everything. Timing is everything. Buddy, what do you see the future of Instagram? Do you think it's going to die? I, I don't think it's going to die, but I don't think it'll have the hype that it... It's like Facebook is still around, and I post videos on Facebook because there's still an audience there, but it's not like anyone's... But then isn't it weird that Facebook weird. is not popular, but yet it pays you the most out of all the other platforms? Well, they've been around for so long, they got so much goddamn money, and they're trying to get creators on there. I think the future of Instagram is just going to be, it's going to kind of stay what they're doing right now. It'll always have the video component, but I don't know. I mean, like TikTok really changed the game now that everything's vertical. I mean, fucking Craigslist is vertical. Everything is vertical. Everything is vertical and it's video. Yeah. So what do you see the future of TikTok? I think that they're going to have to, I mean, they're experimenting with it already. They want longer form videos. You know, when I first got on TikTok, they're like, the sweet spot is five, you know, three to five seconds. And then they're like, okay, anything around a minute's good. Now they're like, well, you can upload 10 minutes. Hmm. I think it's like, there's, it's, it's really all we're doing. And I was just stretching videos. It's just like a piece of silly putty. And we're like, we want to look this way. Now I want it this way. It's like, as long as you have the content hmm. and I just shoot how I always do, but now I format it different. So I might shoot a four minute sketch, but I go, okay, I can chop this into four pieces, but I'll make it horizontal, but I'll also post it vertical. So I just... I'm all about the shotgun effect, you know, like yeah. I say the, the way you edit, get it the out zooms, there. the, the, the yeah. vibe, the energy, you keep it really, fast really you know, fast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the attention span is so quick. Just watch how people scroll. I mean, next time you're like before a flight takes off, you know, just watch how people how fast they scroll. How are you going to catch them's attention? Mm. That's why all these mm. guys on like mm. YouTube do like the Mr. Beast intro. They're like, today we're on a moving fire car Ferrari, and then uh, it's like a drone shot. Like it's it, that's your competition. Well, you just said something really interesting. Watch how people scroll. So that means as you're creating content, you're so conscious, you're so observant. It's more so on, on the edit, yeah. On the behavior yeah. of the user, right? Mm -hmm. So you are editing and you're creating and you're hooking your audience so delicately for these videos to work. Yeah. And wouldn't you say 90 some percent of creators are not hitting it because they're not that observant? I don't know if it's, the, I, I think they just have too much pride in their work. You got to kind of like, you got to just, you, you know, it, it sucks that you shoot this beautiful opening cinematic shot, the car rolls in, the footsteps out, then you deliver your first line 12 seconds in. It's like, sure, I went to film school. I, I love that. I think it's beautiful. But when it comes down to it, if people aren't watching it, you're like, how do I adapt? The problem is people don't want to, I think it's called murder your babies. I think that's what they say mm -hmm. in like the editing world. Uh, so you got to murder your babies in the sense of like, yo, that intro's fire, but let's start on somebody talking. That's, you know, it's like people don't want to, they're just stubborn in a sense like, no, this is good. This is funny. This is beautiful. But it's like, you got to kind of tailor to what is working. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it sucks taking a horizontal video, punching in to make it vertical and then putting like captions on your face. It doesn't look great, but if that's the standard and that's going to get people to watch, 
Okay, so you you have a really good gut instinct on all this, yeah? I would say so. Yeah, of course, but, it's know, working. Wrong, it's yeah. working. But now, how do you translate this to your editor? Or how do you pick your editors? Yeah. yeah how, do, how do you, you know, what's that process like? I have one guy that I've been working with for like two and a half years, and it's actually my ex's brother. So, oh, my God. So, yeah. Then Speaking we'll, about complications. Yeah, exactly. So when the breakup <laughs> happened, we're like, ah. Are we working together anymore? You know, is this awkward? And I'm like, we should make a video about guys who are newly single and don't cry at night. So it's like, you know, but, but he's awesome. But when we worked together, when, when I was in a relationship, it never was super intertwined. It, it still felt separate. Mm. He blew me out of the water. He blew me away. He, I gave him a project to edit when I was on a flight. He shot something and uh, the girlfriend at the time was like, my brother edits. You should let him. And I was like, yeah, okay. It's LA. Everybody fucking edits, you know? The CEO of, you know, the guy working at PetSmart edits, right? But then I gave him a project and he crushed it. I was like, oh shit. And then I was going to Hawaii and I really wanted this video out. And I was like, hey man, could you just edit this? And then we can do notes when I get back. I got, he sent me a cut on the flight home. And I was like, this, there's no notes. There was like maybe like one note. I think I added wow. a note wow. just to feel like I was, hey, you, this is what I need. Like, Nobody understands what a but, good feeling that is. Too, but, but I've gone unless through. Unless you're a content creator. I've gone through probably like yep. six or seven editors. And yep. It's like, dude, I had an editor one time add his own sketch to my own sketch. <laughs> I did a fake erectile dysfunction. And no, no disrespect to him, but like I made a fake erectile dysfunction ad, like every if erectile dysfunction ad. And then at the end, he put his own sketch about some like reused condoms on there. And I was like, did you already have that? He goes, no, nah, I shot this. And I go, so you wasted time getting me a cut so you could put this oh, at the end. Shit. And he's like, you know, if you want it, if you want it. And he got 10 million views. And you're like, what? No, I, I cut that shit. I was like, take that out. And he, no, but but he, he, he was a good uh. editor. And there's no disrespect to him. I just wish there was like a, hey, like, <laughs> would you mind if I, or yo, I got this idea because then I didn't get the edit until later because he added this on at the end. That's too fucking funny, dude. You know, and it's just, it's just okay. tough because I've had bad editors. Yeah. I've never had that before. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Some be like, All right, I got this, I got yeah. this my stand up. I'm I'm putting it at the end of yours. <laughs> but he's he's a great editor, and and we worked together for a couple months, and you're just like. You know, it's literally just like a relationship. It's like you find somebody, yeah. you think it's good, and then at the end, they put another sketch. You're like, the fuck is this? But leading totally. up to it is good. But then it just clicked with this guy, and he just he just gets my style. Um, How many editors you have? I just have one. Just one? Yeah. So what if this person, you know, life... Can't, I'm not available yeah. for 10 days and you're, you're, you're popping up videos so often. Yeah. I mean, at that point I would pro I mean like right now it's like very like fluid, but yeah, like you said, like if he was like, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I got to take 10 days off. I'd probably panic a little bit, mm. but then, you know, given the fact that it's Los Angeles, I'd immediately just start texting all my content, right? Do you have an editor? Do you have an editor? But we do get, mm -hmm. we're literally having this problem right now. I have like three full length sketches that I have banked up. And then I'm going on the road for like three weeks coming up. Mm. And I'm like, I want these cranked out. And it's like, yeah, but I'm working on this. And I go, okay, well, can we shoot this? And he goes, well, I'm working on this. Who's going to shoot that? Dude, so how I often need... you're shooting? Are you shooting? Probably once a week. Once once a week? Yeah. Okay. Someone we'll, said we'll do multiple, this. We'll do multiple. I'm trying to remember day. who it was. Someone said, Trevor is the dude he performs on stage. And as he walks off stage, their editor's in the back. Right there, they're editing the piece and putting it out. Is that true? I've done that before. Okay, for just really whatever. So you had your editor in the back of the room waiting for you to finish, and then right there, they're po they're popping it up and and, and cutting it. Sometimes that's, that's insane. The that well, guy used to travel with me. That okay. guy that the that I was telling you about. He used to travel with me, and then there was moments where like 
if something was topical in the news and it played out and I'll be like, yo, we got to get this up tomorrow. You know, so th th those times, yeah. But there's also a lot of times where we'll just look back at the angles and we'll get off the show and be like, all right, let me see what that, okay, how does that, how does that look? How does this look? Okay, I like this angle. Oh, let's punch in here a little more. Like I'm very hands-on and it, it's a blessing and a curse. A blessing you being, have like, to be. I care and I want to know brand. what to look like. No, I, I relate to you on that. You don't have a choice. Well, I also just How lucky know. you would have been if somebody else could have came in and be your vision, your eyes. And, yeah. And it's, it's impossible. And I just, I think being able to know what you want and how to communicate that is so important. It's like, there's so many times where like, if I didn't know the film language or what I was looking for, then the videographer's like, I, I, you got to help me out. What do you want? And I'm like, all right, let's crop in here. Let's shoot this. Let, you know, it's like the fact that I went to film school and I taught myself how to edit and shoot and all this. It's like, you it's went so to film school to, to do what? To become what? Just film feed. You wanted to direct? You wanted to write? No, I, didn't know what I went in undeclared and they just had a program, a general program in San Jose, San Jose State. And it was like, it was called Radio, TV, and Film. And I was like, something in here will hit, mm -hmm. you know? I think I wanted to do radio in the beginning, but radio is kind of like not as big as it used to be. And then I was doing screenwriting classes, which I really liked. But Vine was really the biggest thing that made me like, Vine came out in college and yeah, I started yeah. making Vines. Yeah. And you batch, a bunch of people yeah. popped from Vine. Yeah. And that's what made me be like, oh, I like this, whatever this is. Mm. It feels fun. It doesn't feel too like, uh, we got to light the camera. We got to turn this, the, the, the soft box is this way. And you know, like the you, more production. You went against the grain as yeah, a filmmaker. I, I just, my goal has always been funny. That's why I shoot on a nice camera, but the lighting shit. I go, I would rather the funny. If it looks good enough, I'm, I'm starting to shoot more shit on iPhones because it looks more native to the eye. Mm, I mean, you know, people at home, if, if something looks too good, people at home are like, what is this? You know, it's almost uncool to look too good on mm, mm. when you shoot with like two nice cameras. Mm, mm. Interesting. What, but a podcast interview, keep it nice because audio, video, people want to watch yeah, that. Quality content. But if you're just doing a sketch, people, it, you, you want people to more think that, oh, they, they just had fun when they filmed this. You know, instead of like, oh, we had like 20 PAs and 30 people gaffing this. It's, it's like all this for that. And it's also the speed at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, if it's such a big production, you're not able to execute and put it out there fast enough. Correct. And I also think you know? the faster you shoot, or like the less delays, the more you can riff and the energy is there. I mean, that's mm. all, all it is. Like imagine after every time you talk to somebody in the crowd, you just stopped for five minutes and then you came back up on stage. Like to build that momentum. Your best takes are when you're just recording back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. And then you get that one. Like, oh, that was the one. But it's like, if you had to cut, like, I hate traditional filming sometimes for that reason. Like, yeah, let's cut. Let's reset. Let's go. I'm like, let's keep it going. Let me just, let me just find it. You know? So when you're shooting, probably the camera just rolling and yeah. you're just doing a ton I get pissed of different when they cut. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, here, I'll tell you when to cut. Let me just riff on this yeah, right. Cause you're minutes. in the zone. Makes in the sense. zone. And I'll just, I'll find the way I say it and I'll go, that was the one. I'm like directing myself essentially. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that was, mm -hmm. that was one. That felt good. Okay. So while we at this, let me ask you this. You direct your own, you direct yourself. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That's freaking cool. Now, how does that how do you collaborate with someone else? Another influencer, he's got a big following. He's got his own strong opinion on things. Yeah. And then how, usually, some of these collabs, how did that come usually about? Usually I, I, if, if I like hit up somebody to work with them, I'm a fan of their stuff. So it's like, I won't overstep the boundaries. Like there's certain people who I think are just so funny that I want to watch them do them, you know, to be like, Oh, tell me what you want to do. I go, dude, do you like the, the reason I love your videos is because you, you have a certain thing you do when the camera's on. I just want to see that. Yeah. And there's nothing, so hardly anybody directs anybody. No, 
That's that's pretty mutual respect. The, the only time I like direct somebody is if it's maybe somebody who doesn't like isn't familiar super with like video stuff. Like sometimes I'll like have girls in videos who maybe don't or come porn from, stars. Yeah, and, possibly yeah, sure. or OF chicks or whatever. <laughs> but they hit me up. Hey, I want to be in a video, and I go great. Let's do it. And then I'll watch them, and I go okay. That's that's great. Let's try a little more like that. A little more like that. But then you feel it. It's like you know everybody's just warming up. Your first couple takes are so stale, and then they kind of ease into it. And like that was the one. You know, I, I like to, I like to just watch and see it happen. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Buddy, let's dive into the next area, which I'm really curious about. Like, what's, what do you see your future? Oh, man. Like, where are you headed? Do you have an idea? Or what's the next level for you? The next level, I got a special coming out in November. And I'm just kind of hoping that that, I just hope people like it. I've been doing stand-up for like 10 years, so... I just really want people to be like, and I don't really post a lot of stand-up. I post crowd work just, you know, just because it's fun mm -hmm. to throw up there. And um, I just hope that people go, oh, damn, there's some chops into this. You know, it's like, this is this is stand-up stand-up. It's not like just a... Of course they will. I see yeah. it every night. A lot of your fans at the club. Yeah. And they come up to you afterwards and like, man. And, and, and again, you're you. Mm -hmm. You're the same guy. Uh, and they get to know you actually even more Correct. on stage. That's why I think that this special, I like it. It feels like it's me. It doesn't feel like I'm just like talking to talk. Like it doesn't feel like I'm just like making up stories. Sure, shit's accentuated, but like it all is. Yeah. So what, so you, you're doing your special, which is awesome. Congratulations. Thank your you, first comedy you. special coming out. Now, what's the future? Like, what do you see yourself? Um, what's the image? You know, I feel like that, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of, I just live so like month to month. It's like as long as the overall brand is growing and I'm challenging myself to different videos and playing bigger venues. I month feel like to month. That should be a fucking quote. Yeah, but Trevor, but, what's your future? Month, month to month. month. Yeah. I used to be paycheck month to month. <laughs> now I'm just month to month. Because in my head, it's like had I told myself what I'd be doing now five years ago when I was twenty-five, you know, I'd be like, Oh, it's fucking awesome. I can retire then. But it's like Well, you're not it, into movies, TV shows, uh, any of that. I mean, yeah, if, you. if that comes around, awesome. But like, I just hate, like, I fucking do it. I've auditioned for probably 40 things, big shows, never hear back. And it's like, in my head, I go, I just wasted a full day. Granted, had I got that audition, could have changed my life. But I already like what I do enough that it's like, I just hate, I but, hate but, not but, having control. On. Let me ask you this. If you go on an audition and you book a TV series, yeah? yeah. A TV series that you're going to shoot tomorrow and this TV series is going to do eight seasons. That's eight years. Are you cool with that? Are you cool being on a TV show for eight years? Yeah, because I feel like in this day and age, you can also still... You think you can still keep this no, hot of a no, fucking... No, 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 no. Yeah. You kind of got to pick that lane once you're there, but it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. If if it's a genuinely good show like Euphoria or like, um, what is the one everybody's watching? The Bear? Something mm -hmm. like that. It's like, mm -hmm. if it's a good show, I just want people to watch whatever art I do. If it's a... Like, if it was a soap opera and none of my demographic watched it, but it made a fuck ton of box office. That's when I'd be like, is this for me? Do I want to get in this? Do I want to stay out of this? Do I get out of this? But if it's like a good show, it's like Big Mouth or something like that, and you're still, I guess, relevant in that scene, then that makes, I'm fine with no, it. No, but that makes sense. Yeah. If it's a really good show and it's amazing content and people are going to watch it, but everything you said, it's so hard to check in, in reality. Right. You know, um, the viewers of television movies becoming less and less and mm -hmm. people love 
just you know flipping on uh, TikTok. Well, it's and, free. It's, you know, it's accessible. They love it. I love the direct to consumer that I, mm-hmm. you and I could right now shoot a sketch and post it in ten yep. minutes, yep. and it's just there. So I just love that middle it's ground. So true. I think some of my favorite comics have just you know they make cameos. It's like, oh, did you see so and so? They were in that episode. Oh, they 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 were in that movie. They're in, you know it's like. I love what I do, but it's. Like, I think it would be fun to be like, oh shit, Trevor was in this. You know, there's so many comics who have these like little like. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun. You're, you're fun. gone for a week, like that type of shit. I'm yeah. very interested in. I just, I'm telling you, I, more and more, I'm falling in love with just social media content. I feel like stand up, social media. Um, I used to, you know, my production company. We produced TV shows, made movies. Um, I have movies in production right now. But I'm less and less becoming um, passionate about that whole world mm-hmm. because I see the amount of love you can give to the consumers here, yeah. the amount of change you can you can make, the amount of connection you have immediately with with people. Yeah. Um, I also think it's hard to hold on to your passion about like if you have a movie idea and you're like I fucking love this, but then three years go down the road, it's finally written, shot, edited, chopped, God colored. Gracious, it, it's yeah. like, are you still, you know? But it's hard to hold on to that passion unless you unless you really really love that idea and you're like, this is my bread and butter. Yeah, it better be so in, meaningful to you correct, to, to you. put three four years correct. of your life in there. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, oftentimes. You know, maybe they've been trying to pitch shows for like 10 years and it finally gets picked. So it's, it's easier to hold the passion there. But like now it's like it, some of this stuff is too slow for me, mm. which is fine because it's like you can't rush the process of making a movie. I'm not saying that that's their fault. I'm just saying it's like you just you lose interest. I, I was pitching a show over the pandemic and with each week and each pitch and each time it got altered, it got so far away from the original idea. I was like, I don't even give a shit if this gets p- picked up anymore. I almost wish it didn't. Yep. It, it didn't. It didn't. Let me be clear on that. But towards the, I was pitching and it's just like, you see the look in these people's faces. They're like, yeah, it's really good. It's uh, you know, not what we're looking for right now, but just, it's really good. And you just, you like lose the amount of people that enter it and, and step you know, they on don't it and know what they're talking about. They've never shot a fucking thing in their life. That's crazy. They're and, the, and, the head and, of the company. And, and I think now they're understanding. Correct. I think now finally the networks are realizing. Well, now it feels. Maybe like, we don't know the hell that we need to make. Yeah. Well, that's you know? why I think the biggest shows that get picked up are the ones with proof of concept. It's like, yo, this show was very big on YouTube. It, each episode got over a million views. And then the the whoever the production was like, oh yeah, that has a built-in audience. They know what their style, their look, no their grading. writing. Jobs, work's Correct. already done for you. Yeah, yeah, but now it's weird to, I guess, I wonder what it's like in the, in the world on the other side of pitching. It's like, they're hearing all these pitches. If I was on the pitch team, I'd be like, yeah, let's see it. Let's, what does it look like? Because it could be one thing you're you're explaining it and you're like, all right, well, what's it like? It's a, it's one thing if the waiter at the restaurant's like, we have an Alaskan cod with all this, blah blah blah, and you're like, cool, what is it? Is it good? Can I see what it looks like? Yeah. So I think the proof of concept, and that's just kind of what I'm doing. Right now, I was just pumping out videos, hoping that some executives like, dude, that character you did on that video, that's I want that in my movie. Yeah. Okay. So each video I put out, in some sense. It. So in other words, you're auditioning with yes. that. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. I'm just whoring myself out to the internet and be Great. like, does anybody like this? Buddy, I, I lo- that's a vision, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, last question for you, buddy. I just really want to know, how do you see yourself as an old man? That's a great question. Um, because, you know, you're this young, hot uh, content creator that is fast-paced, 
you know, just you're you're in a you're in a great place of your life. You you're releasing your first comedy special. Yeah, it's big. I'm excited. How do you how do you see uh, your sixties and seventies and eighties? Hopefully, it's like somewhere in like Monterey, like on a nice house with a beach view, but I can still like got you know I'll still do a weekend at the Omaha Funny Bone. You know? Yes, I, I think that like drive never really goes away. Never. And once you engrave it into your like work style, I your guarantee you it never goes away. I've yeah. seen so many older comedians yeah. to this day in their 70s and 80s um they get on stage and they come alive well yeah it's just like nothing replicates that feeling in your life maybe drugs hopefully not uh it's but, a connection you make with people that is extremely special yeah and it's special for the audience it's special for the comedian and that energy is life yeah well, it's, it's the best of life and that's what's so interesting about stand-up in general it's like one of the only careers where that does happen where you got the laugh factor on twos all of a sudden chris tucker's there what the hell's he doing there he's like nah, i just want to talk to you guys and you're like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Listen, so I, I, I think it's, it's I'm, I'll be an older man. I'll be grumpy. Hopefully I have kids. I want a family. I'll be grumpy. Uh, hopefully I can smoke more weed. I don't know. Eddie, I heard Eddie Murphy just smokes fucked on weed. He gives you your own joint when you go to his house and he watches YouTube videos. <laughs> so I want that mixed with the, the drive. Dude, you might be making your best of the best content when you're an old grumpy old man. You never know. They'll be like, they'll be amazing. Yeah, Trevor, well, the old you gotta have man. chapters to your oh, career. You know, you gotta evolve. You know, I can't live in this frat boy comedy humor forever. So hopefully it's like, you do want to grow with your audience. You yeah, do want to have that, yeah. you know, different uh, perspectives, you know. Buddy. What a great chat. Yeah, hopefully um, it wasn't too boring. It wasn't too uh, inside baseball on my end. It's impossible for you to be boring. That's Thank hands you. down. You, you Thank know what? You. You're, you're genuine. Uh, you're, you're, you're such a great dude, man. Uh, Thank and you. I want to congratulate you for that first. And then being talented, hard worker, great creator. And I'm positive you have an amazing career ahead of you. And I know you're going to stay this incredible Trevor you are today. And that's, that's, and that's a testament for all the other young artists that are, you know, coming thank you. up. You know? Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot, man. Thank you. Buddy. Appreciate it. Um, I'm going to drop uh, White Claw's offer. Please. That's Fuck all you. I want to hear. That's it's not happening. It means the world. Thank you so much. And of anybody else who has a White Claw offer on their desk, uh, just rip it up. You know Dude. they're owned by Mike's Hard Lemonade, so who's a real loser now? <laughs> so next time you're drinking a White Claw, it's actually Mike's Hard Lemonade. That's it. That's how we end the show. Peace. Beautiful. Beautiful.